If you have bought or brought a copy of God's Word, please open it up to the book of Ezra. We're going to begin our study there in just a moment. I hope and pray everyone had a great weekend. We are starting the week off right as we have gathering together as the people of God to remember our great Father in Heaven, to remember our Savior Jesus Christ, and to, to learn more from God's holy and divine Word. Thank you for being here. It's great to have visitors here among us. It's great to see families who have come together to worship the true and living God. May God bless each and every one of you. We're going to begin to our study here in just a moment. For those who are visiting, if you have any Bible questions, please, please let us know. We'd love to study the Word of God with you at any time. So thank you again for being here. We will stop at 940, take about a 10-minute break, and then we'll uh, dive into our Bible classes, a Gospel of Mark here in the auditorium, and one another passage study uh, in classroom number one. I want you to imagine for a moment if your life was at stake because you had a copy of God's Word. While that may sound a little absurd or a little crazy to even comprehend, there are a lot of people around the world who, whose lives can sometimes be at stake because they are worshiping the true and living God and because of their belief in God and because of the Word of God. I think all of us would agree that we are blessed to gather here this morning. And when I look around and seeing the Bibles that are open, we have a copy of God's Word. And, and maybe you like to use uh, the paper copy, or maybe you're using your phone or your iPad, but we are certainly blessed that we have so much access to the Word of God. And yet sometimes, if not careful, we can take these wonderful blessings that we have, or we can, we can study together, we can gather here on Sunday morning, we can study throughout the week, we can really dive into the scriptures, we can study from the Hebrew, we can study in the Greek, and we can really go as deep as we, as we really want to go. And yet sometimes we can take these blessings that we have for granted. You know, I think about the Old Testament and the, the people of God in the Old Testament. It was in the days of Josiah, I believe, where they found the Word of God. The Word of God had been lost, and they found the Word of God. And that says something about God's people back then. In the days of Asa in Second Chronicles chapter, uh, in Second Chronicles chapter 15, a, a man would remind Asa that God was with him. Asa was doing some great things. And yet he would be reminded that he needed to remain with God, that he needed to, to trust in God, because there had been days when Israel was, out, was without the true God and without a teaching priest and without law. There were times, unfortunately, where the people of God did not take seriously the one that they were serving and his words. And the book of Judges, at the very end of Judges, in Judges chapter 21 and verse number 25, it says, In those days there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. It didn't take too long for that generation to, to deviate from God's will, for a generation essentially to be lost. And there were many dark days that we could study and consider in the, in the times of Israel. It's very clear that at times God's people, they often took him for granted and they took the word of God that they had been given for granted. What about us? I want you to think about this morning. What is your view about the word of God? What is your view when it comes to the Holy Scriptures? We gather here every week and we open up our Bibles. We're going to go to Bible classes and we put a heavy emphasis, and rightfully so. Here at West Main, we put a, a heavy emphasis on the word of God to be the pillar and ground of the truth. We, that's what we're, what we're supposed to be all about. What is our view, though, about God's Word? We have heard numerous sermons and certainly Bible classes, and for good reason, 
about the importance of God's word. We are familiar, or at least many of us are, with 2 Timothy 3 and verse 16, that all scripture is inspired by God, given by the inspiration of God. We know the power of God's word when we look at Hebrews chapter 4, that it is alive, that it is living and and sharper than any two-edged sword. And we know the enduring nature of God's word when we read passages like 1 Peter chapter, chapter 1, verses 22 through 25, that God's word will remain forever. But what is our view when it comes to the Holy Scriptures? One of my great fears for young people, and I often will ask young people, do you like to read? And sometimes they say, no, not really. I don't like to read at all. Well, I think we all may have been in a situation like that, but it does have me, it gets me thinking at times, are they going to be interested in reading the Word of God? If they don't really like to read, are they going to be interested in actually reading God's Word? But it's not just for young people, it's for all of us. Are we still interested in God's Word? Do we understand what we are holding, that we have the very words of God that have been given to us by the apostles and the prophets? And this is something I think we all need to take seriously. Are we still excited about studying? And while we will study here for the next, really, three hours together as a family, much of our studying will be taking place outside of these walls. But do we still have a longing for God's word, as Peter talked about in 1 Peter chapter 2, and verses 1 and 2? And as Christians, are we properly feeding ourselves the word of God, or have we found ourselves to be spiritually malnourished? We're in the time of year where many people are focused upon having great success. And hope and pray that you want to have great success. I certainly do in 2020. And I guess there's a variety of ways we can define success and what that may look like. But I want to talk about this morning is a, a recipe for success when it comes to how we should view our Bibles, when it comes to Bible study, when it comes to God's word and what we're going to do with it. This is going to work no matter who you are, whether you're young or whether you're old. And it's going to work no matter how long you've been a Christian. There's a great pattern for us in the book of Ezra. Ezra chapter 7 and verse number 10. We're going to learn about a man named Ezra. And I believe following in his footsteps will help transform our lives and to draw closer to our God, to know more about the true and living God, and to hide God's word in our hearts the way that we are supposed to. In Ezra, in Ezra chapter 7, we pick up the story of Ezra. There's a big gap between chapter 6 and chapter 7 with respect to time, probably about 60 years or so. And we find in Ezra chapter 7 and verse number 6, the Bible says, This Ezra went up from Babylon, and he was a scribe, skilled in the law of Moses, which the Lord God of Israel had given. And the king granted him all he requested, because the hand of the, the Lord his God was upon him. That's good. The hand of the Lord was upon him. Some of the sons of Israel and some of the priests, the Levites, the singers, the gatekeepers, And the temple servants went up to Jerusalem in the seventh year of King Artaxerxes. He came to Jerusalem in the fifth month, which is in the seventh year of the king. So we get some background details of of who Ezra was. He's coming from Babylon. He's going back to Jerusalem. And in verse number nine, it says, For on the first of the first month, he began to go up from Babylon. And on the first of the fifth month, he came to Jerusalem because the good hand of his God was upon him. The second time that's mentioned, the good hand of God was upon him, much like Nehemiah in the book of Nehemiah. This man, this man was living for God, and this man certainly was pleasing to God. And we get to see 
what he was doing, the type of mindset that he had, and it's a great recipe for us to follow as well. So we will be pleasing to our Father in heaven. So we will continue to grow in our faith and our walk with him. The Bible says, for Ezra, verse 10, had set his heart to study the law of the Lord and to practice it and to teach his statutes and ordinances in Israel. That's our sermon this morning. There are four thoughts that I want to share with you as we think about having this recipe or following this pattern for us when it comes to, be, when it comes to being successful in our lives and in our walk with our Savior, Jesus Christ. We see why the hand of the Lord was upon this great man. I want you to first go back and notice that the Bible says that Ezra, in verse 10, had set his heart. Ezra had set his heart. That's the first thing that I see as I look at this text here. And if you're in the if, if you like to memorize Bible verses, this is a great text to memorize because it's just a great way for us to live and to, to handle the word of God. Ezra made a decision, a conscious decision, that this is what he was going to be all about, that he was going to know the word of God, that he was going to grow and, and know as much as he could about the true and living God. And even though he was in the land of Babylon, he followed God. He made it his business to be, to, to be in the law of the Lord. It wasn't something that was just kind of optional or when he had time. It was something that he set his heart to do. It wasn't based upon his schedule or convenience. His heart was set. It's the idea that he prepared or established. He was fixed. He was firm, securely determined. He set his heart. His mind was focused on the word of God. Brothers and sisters, this is the recipe for our success. Where our minds and hearts are focused upon God's will, fixed and, to, and determined to know the will of God. When you read in the New Testament, you see such an emphasis about growing and about knowing. And in 2 Peter chapter 3, you turn over there in 2 Peter 3 and verse 18 real quickly here. In 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18, I was studying this with, with two Christians this weekend. In 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse number 18, as Peter wrapped up his second letter, this is what he emphasized to the saints. He told them in verse 18, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's the decision that they had to make. And he emphasized that in chapter 1 about increasing in knowledge as they add to their faith a, a variety of other things as well. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, remember what Paul said there to the saints in Thessalonica? The saints in Thessalonica, very much like the Christians that Peter was writing to, Peter said that these Christians, that they were presently in the truth, that they were doing well essentially. And yet he's still, he's still emphasizing you need to continue to grow. And that's what Paul would emphasize to the saints in Thessalonica. This is a great congregation in Thessalonica. He said, finally then, brethren, we request and exhort you in the Lord Jesus that as you receive from us instruction as how you ought to walk and please God just as you actually do walk. They're doing the will of God. But notice that he would continue to say that you excel still more. For you know what commandments we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. There is an emphasis upon them, excelling still more, growing in their faith. And they had to make sure that their hearts were set to do that. In the book of 1 John, John emphasizes to the saints time and time again about what they know. And he emphasizes what has been delivered to them and what they know. 
And the brothers and sisters, this is the mindset that we need to have. As we continue on in 2020, we must practice self-control as we seek to set our hearts to know God's word. And this is something that we all have to make the decision that I am going to do this. You know, we can encourage one another. But at the end of the day, we have to make the decision, I'm going to do this. And yet sometimes this can kind of be the time period where some Christians may begin to stumble. Because it's one thing to say in December, December 31st and January 1st, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through this Bible reading program. I'm going to maybe read the entire Bible in a year. Those are all great. I'm going to study this particular topic. That's good. But we have to be conscious and diligent in making sure that we have set our hearts to study the Word of God. There has to be some passion. When we understand that we're talking about the true and living God, that what we have in our hands is not just any book. It is the book of books. It is holy the Holy Scriptures, the psalm, the longest psalm in the Bible, Psalm 119. We turn over there real quickly. And the longest psalm in the Bible, we see such an, such an emphasis upon the Word of God. And there's so much to pick from this psalm, and certainly we don't have time to look at everything. But there's just a couple of thoughts, a couple of passages here that really stand out that I think help me at least, and hopefully will help you to understand this kind of heart that we need to have. And Psalm 119 And beginning in verse number 20, he said, My soul is crushed with longing after your ordinances at all times. He had this longing. You rebuke the arrogant, the cursed who wander from your commandments. Take away reproach and contempt from me, for I observe your testimonies. Even though princes sit and talk against me, your servant meditates on your statutes. Your testimonies also are my delight. They are my counselors. Think about that. Your testimonies are my delight. They are my counselors. His mind was focused on God's word. Ezra set his heart. He set his heart to do what, though? You go back to Ezra chapter 7. He set his heart to study the, the, the law of the Lord. His mind was determined and fixed upon opening up the word of God and knowing the word of God. And this was not a one-time occurrence. It wasn't a once-in-a-while type, uh, type, type of pattern for Ezra. It was continuous in nature. Some translations say that he prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord. There was this pursuit or search. He was inquiring and making inquisition about what was in God's word. And that would require great effort on the part of this man. And it will require great effort on the part of us as well. You think about Ezra and the time that he must have spent in God's word. I understand he was a scribe as well. But it took time and it took energy for him to do this. I want you to think about 2020 and where you might be in your walk with God. Where you might be with respect to how you view the word of God. As we continue to move forward in this year, as we seek to grow in our faith, this is the mindset that we need to have. That we need to be passionate and zealous about studying the law of the Lord. Going and opening up God's book and seeking and and finding out what God has to say. And I know we've heard this plenty of times, but are we doing it? One of the dangers for the Israelites, they quickly forgot about God. They quickly took for granted the, the words of the prophets. They often would ignore the words of the prophets. They're finding the law of the Lord. They didn't appreciate what God had given to them. Let's make sure that we don't fall into that category. We need to spend a great amount of time in God's word. And when we do this, we need to view it not as some chore, 
and not as some, well, I haven't done it, I need to go ahead and do it, but, but really viewing God's word as great gain because that's what it is. It's a blessing, and it's not some kind of chore. It's not some kind of punishment. What we have here, brothers and sisters, and what's interesting, people today, they, they want to know, what does God have to say? Well, God has already told us what he has to say. And the good news is we can find out what he has said when we open up his word. I'm reminded of Paul in Ephesians chapter 3. Will you turn over there? Paul, he had this understanding that as he wrote to the saints in Ephesus, that that's exactly what they were going to do. Paul knew that he was inspired, he was led, guided by the Holy Spirit. And he wrote these words down that were given to him through Revelation. In Ephesians chapter 3 and verse number 3, Paul said this, that by revelation there was made known to me the mystery as I wrote before in brief by referring to this, when you read, you can understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which in other generations was not made known to the sons of men as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets in the spirit. When you read, you hear what he's saying there? There was an expectation that Paul had for these Christians that they needed to be reading, that they needed to know what Paul was, was giving them. In Ephesians chapter 5, in Ephesians chapter 5, many times people want to know, what's the will of God in my life? What is it that God wants me to do? Well, listen to what Paul says here. He says, therefore, in verse 15, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. You can understand. I can understand God's will for us and what he demands from us. But it's going to require that we certainly open up his word and that we study the word of God, that we spend hours in it, that we open it up often, and we will be blessed when we do. Brothers and sisters, the Bible still matters. I know a lot of people today don't really have any concern about God's word. They're not really interested in hearing it, but don't buy into that. Don't believe that. The Bible still matters. It matters to nations. It matters to this congregation. And it should matter to us and our families and to us individually. Study the law of the Lord. That's what Ezra did. He set his heart to study the law of the Lord, but he didn't stop there. As he studied the law of the Lord, you know what's going to come next. It says that he and to practice it. So he didn't just study, but he was also putting into practice. And you go back to Ezra chapter 7 and verse number 10, Ezra was putting into practice the very things that, that he was learning. He studied and he obeyed. That's what some translations say as well. When he looked into the mirror of God's word and remembered, he, re, he remembered what he saw. He didn't just kind of look at it and say, okay, that's good. And now I'm just going to go do something totally opposite. And what's interesting about this, when you turn over to Matthew chapter 23, Look over in Matthew chapter 23 in the days of Jesus. Jesus is going to remind his audience about the scribes and the Pharisees during that time. And he's going to remind them, now listen, you listen to what they are teaching, but you don't do what they do because they're not following through and doing the very things that they're teaching. He said in Matthew chapter 23 and verse 1, Then Jesus spoke to the crowds and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees have seated themselves in the chair of Moses. Therefore, all that they tell you, do and observe. But do not do according to their deeds, for they say things and do not do them. So they, they knew some things as well, but they weren't following through and doing what they needed to do. That wasn't the case with Ezra. Ezra, and what you see when you read the book of Ezra and Nehemiah, he's going to take action. He's going to help the people to repent and to confess their sins. 
and to turn away from the marriages that they were, had been a part of that they had no business being a part of. But Ezra also is, is taking action personally. His studying was personal also in nature. The studying that he did, the word of God that he knew certainly had an impact upon his heart. And so it was more than just some kind of casual reading. It actually had an impact upon his life, and that's what the word of God is supposed to do. It should have an impact upon our lives. Look over in Psalm 119 real quickly here. In Psalm 119, the longest psalm again, uh, as we learn so much about God's word here, the psalmist reminds us about the impact the word of God should have upon our hearts. In Psalm 119 and verse 1, the Bible says, How blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. How blessed are those who observe his testimonies. You hear that? Who's, who are observing them, who are walking in the law of the Lord, who seek him with all of their heart. They also do no unrighteousness. They walk in his ways. You see, those who are going after the word of God, going after God and, and learning from him, what they are learning, what we're going to learn, we're going to put into action. Look at verse number nine. He said, how can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to your word. With all my heart, I have sought you. Do not let me wander from your commandments, your word. Listen to what he says here. I have treasured in my heart that I may not sin against you. Not only, did, not only are we supposed to know it, we're supposed to hide it. It's supposed to have an impact upon us. We should be practicing the very things that we see in God's word. We know going back to the book of Ezra, we're running out of time here, but in Ezra chapter 10 and verse 1, we know that Ezra was a man of prayer. We know that Ezra was doing the very things that he was studying. He was more than just a hearer. He was a hearer and a doer of the word of God. And so as we study God's word, let's make sure that we're applying the very things that we're doing or learning. Let's make sure that the word of God is actually having an impact upon our hearts. And what way might we need to change as we continue to grow in our faith and learn more about God's will for us? What are we going to have to maybe put down or begin to do? God's word should have an impact, and we should be practicing what we are studying. We have to be hearers and doers of the word of God. And I love this text here because as he studied, he practiced, and then he, he taught. He was teaching God's word, and we see that throughout this book of Ezra and also in the book of Nehemiah. In Ezra chapter 9, we see this problem that I had mentioned. In verse number 1, it says, Now when these things have been completed, the princes approached me, saying, The people of Israel and the priests and the Levites have not separated themselves from the peoples of the lands according to their abominations. There's a major problem among God's people. So much so that in verse number three, Ezra said, when I heard about this matter, I tore my garment and my robe and pulled some of my hair from my head and my beard and sat down appalled. And that's a good response. That's a natural response. He understood the severity of the problem, that the people needed to repent. Then everyone who trembled at the words of the God of Israel on account of the unfaithfulness of the exiles gathered to me and I sat appalled until the evening offering. This was no laughing matter. He prayed to God. We'll see that later on in chapter 9 and chapter 10. And then Ezra's going to take action in chapter 10 and verse number 10. He's going he's to teach and he's going to instruct. And he says in verse 10, Then Ezra the priest stood up and said to them, You have been unfaithful and have married foreign wives, adding to the guilt of Israel. Now therefore make confession to the Lord God of your fathers and do his will and separate yourselves from the peoples of the land 
and from the foreign wives. Change was needed. Change would happen. Because Ezra set his heart to study, to practice, to teach the word of God. See, the people were already off track. And he had to help them get back to doing the will of God. They needed to hear the word of God. Brothers and sisters, studying the Bible is still necessary for Christians. It is something we should never take lightly. The preaching of God's word is still necessary for God's people. And the preaching of the gospel is something we should never take lightly. We need to be reminded of what God has to say. I need this, and you need it as well. There is great teaching being done in the first century. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. There were teachers in the first century, as we read about in Ephesians chapter 4, equipping the saints. And I think about these verses and the pattern that we find in the life of Ezra, and we are reminded, I'm reminded about the importance of teaching God's word. And I am blessed, or we are blessed. I'm blessed to be here, and so are you. We're blessed that we're at a congregation here where we take seriously God's word and the importance of teaching the word of God for both young and old, because this is what it's all about. And so as we set our hearts, we need to be sure that we seek after God's law, that we study it, that we practice what we study, and that we teach what we have learned. There's opportunities everywhere. And I understand, I understand there are certain roles within the body of Christ when it comes to teaching and women not usurping authority. But all of us can, can, can play a part when it comes to teaching and helping others, whether in our families, our friends, and to one another. This is how we can have great success. This is how we can be pleasing to God and our Father in heaven. And this is how our lives can be transformed for the better and ultimately give him glory in all that we do. So I want you to think about this. This week, maybe you already have your schedule planned, but this week, how about more than we have ever done before? Let's set our hearts. Let's make a decision right here, right now, before we even leave the building, that we're going to continue to seek the law of the Lord, study it, practice it, and teach it. And when we do, our Father will be glorified. Let's go to God in prayer. Father in heaven, thank you so much for this opportunity to worship you. Thank you for your holy scriptures. We know, Father, that they are powerful, and we know, Father, that they are like a light to our path. Help us, Father, to hide them in our hearts, to truly appreciate what you have given us in your word, and help us, Father, to be hearers and doers as well. In Jesus' name, amen.